You're listening to Brand to Brand, a not so serious marketing show for serious marketers. With your host, Thomas Sterling. Hey, everybody. Today on the show, we're digging into one of the most anticipated marketing events of the year. We'll take a look at brands like Frito Lay and GM to see what marketing tactics we can learn from the Super Bowl. All right, let's kick things off. Are you ready for some football? A Monday night party? Hey. You know, we had to do an episode about the Super Bowl. I mean, one of the craziest moments in marketing for the year. And I would argue an opportunity to see what trends marketers are setting for the coming year. And I got I got I got some some notes I want to oh, talk about. Oh, you brought you through. your notes. Oh wow. I mean, look, I always like to think about the Super Bowl as really an indication of where we are as a country, right? We're all hunkered down. We got an overwhelming amount of food and beer. Maybe some new dishes you've never tried making before, some favorites, some freezer uh, burned ones too. <laughs> and uh, it really tells us sort of the current state of the country. It's one of the biggest, it really is the biggest single marketing event of the year. Over 100 million people that tune in. And it really speaks to sort of broader social, cultural, and economic trends. And I'd be amiss if I didn't talk about that halftime show. I mean, TikTok was exploding <laughs> with... Uh, 20-somethings re reflecting on what their parents' demeanor was before the game and then during the halftime show. <laughs> yeah, there's so many jokes about how many people had sore lower backs after that from just, like, oh, breaking God. it down. And Ugh. breaking the wall between parental oversight and uh, hip-hop. It's like, like, wow, I never saw my mom twerk before today. <laughs> I mean, honestly, just under $7 million to buy a 30-second spot, and these brands aren't willing to take a risk. So you really start to see some of these evolving trends, right? What did you see in some of the ads? I was surprised how almost every ad had humor and comedy, which mm. I like. Which you like, <laughs> part of your personal brand. It is part of my personal <laughs> brand. And we have heard about some classic faux pas of brands trying to get a little bit too emotional during the Super Bowl when it felt inauthentic. Mm. One of which that comes to mind, using an MLK speech to sell cars. Mm. Not what he would have wanted. So I think brands got raked over the coals for some of those poor decisions and are realizing Comedy just unites the folks. It certainly does. <laughs> and even looking a little bit deeper, a lot of nostalgia this year. A lot of nostalgia. Last year, a lot of COVID. We're going to get through it, approaching mm. the one-year anniversary of COVID. We're maybe turning the corner. Now it's like, forget the corner. Let's talk about the good old let's, days. Yeah, let's go back. Everything sucks now. We This is going off a cliff. Let's look backwards, oh, everybody. <laughs> hey, I think there's a lot of opportunity for optimism. But when you see Dr. E, Evil or the cable guy or a halftime show featuring, uh, I mean, 50 Cent looked like he was about to fall out of the I am not liking the 50 hate, even though he was out here looking like the whole dollar. And with that, let's get into it. All right. GM versus Frito-Lay. I feel like you would normally take a brand like GM, so just to shake things up a bit, I'm going to take that brand. I, I'm going to let you have free delay. I do like representing the corporate behemoth, but that's just uh, <laughs> how I do. But that's fine. I eat a Dorito from time to time. 
All right. I don't. I actually did eat Cheetos when preparing for this episode just because. When? I didn't see that. Yeah, well, sneaky. <laughs> sneaky treats. All right. Frito-Lay. Frito-Lay owns so many household names, right? Obviously, Lay's, Doritos, Cheetos, Fritos. <laughs> Starting to get a theme here. A lot of Eatos. <laughs> Tostitos. <laughs> Funyuns. Stacy's Pita Chips, we featured on the show before. Yep, talked to Stacy in a previous episode. If you actually pull up like a visual representation of all the brands that PepsiCo, which is their parent company, owns, it's astounding. Yeah. I don't know how they keep all those plates spinning. As a business, at some point, when you have more, if you have too much of your own owned entities competing in the same space... It's got to be eating into their market share. Well, everyone loves their own brand. They sure do. <laughs> One of my favorite commercials of the Super Bowl was the Lay's commercial, Golden Memories, with Seth Rogen and Paul Rudd. You know what's funny is we talked about nostalgia being heavily mm. featured. This ad's called Golden Memories. Oh, Lay's brings back so many good memories. Remember our road trip in 97? Our first real heart-to-heart. I've never seen any of your movies! Not even the ones we're in together! <laughs> I just, like, what is the takeaway here? What <laughs> are we supposed to take away? The takeaway is Paul Rudd and Seth Rogen uh, are funny, and they're friends, and therefore you should buy Lay's potato chips. That's right. Frito-Lay... Like GM, didn't just toss a couple TV spots on there for their brand. They did a ton of pre-promotion for the Super Bowl, leading a month in advance with Megan the Stallion. I loved that ad because what was really cool about it, watching it retroactively now, is it's her walking up to shoot a Super Bowl commercial. And they're and going over all this sort yeah, of Yeah, they're like, do you have any allergies to like, <laughs> you know, sloths, crocodiles, which is the other ad they had for Doritos Cheetos. It was a Flamin' Hot Cheetos ad. Mm-hmm. But it was pre-promoting with the date of the Super Bowl. And you're like, what the hell is this? And then you see the Super Bowl ad. I don't even know if anyone would remember the other commercial. But how cool is that? They were already nodding to the creative they knew they were going to play at the Super Bowl a month in advance. Just I mean, for shits and giggles. I mean, marketing is about repetition. It's about breadcrumbing, right? And that's what you're seeing with a lot of these larger campaigns. It's too expensive to just be a moment. But you have such a large audience and you want to make an impact. And it has to it has to sort of transcend. I mean, marketing is so much in these in this social media days that we live, it's pockets of people. You figure out your persona, you target that audience, you feed them with Things that represent that, right? What you're seeing on TikTok and I'm seeing on TikTok may be totally different. This is a moment where everybody's pulling up a chair and they're seeing the same thing. That Mm -hmm. makes a new challenge. And that wasn't such a new challenge decades ago when everything had to sort of be for the general audience. Speaking of general audience. General General Motors. Motors. (laughs) God, you know me too well. General Motors definitely tapped into not only some nostalgia, some A-plus comedy with their Super Bowl ad that I think, I don't want to say puts Lays to shame. I'm a fan of Paul Rudd. But this was incredible. From being somebody who's watched every single one of the movies in the Austin Powers series, they managed to, in this commercial, somehow honor, like refresh, but honor 
without just reusing mm -hmm. the same jokes mm -hmm. in a really nice way. And what I took away from this was how friggin' easy it was for Mike Myers to slip back into this role. <laughs> but the whole play on this ad was Dr. E-V-I-L. So it was that GM is going evil. Mmm, evil. And Dr. Evil is taking over... Well, let's play the clip before you give the whole thing away. <laughs> <laughs> you good? Yeah, okay. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, our takeover of General Motors is complete. Now we can reduce tailpipe emissions. I'm sorry. Am I no longer Dr. Evil? I'm Dr. Good now. You must help save the world first. Then you can take over that world. Okay, let's go. You're going all electric. Everybody in! Not you, Scott. All electric by 2025. I am caught by this all in. Very oh, EV everybody in. Mm, I love it. It's an outward statement. They're saying, hey, yeah, we're inclusive. Embrace everybody, the revolution. Everybody's a part of this. But then also at the same token, they're also nodding to, whether they mean to or not, that everybody is also in the EV race. Like everyone's in it now. We're all invested in it. Whether yeah. you think you're not going to get a Tesla... 100%. Or whatever. At some point, this seems like this is where the future is going. Or it's like everybody in and there's six people, but you want to get the five-person Uber. And really the Uber driver, so there's really only room for four. But you just say everybody in and you just cram. No? Speaking of, <laughs> not enough seats are about to lose a seat. I feel like we can't talk about the Super Bowl without talking about the halftime show. Mm. PepsiCo. Which, about to get benched. Yeah. Ooh, nice. <laughs> Great football pun, Thomas. The Pepsi halftime show. And a lot of people are saying, a lot of marketers are saying, are they going to renew that? It was a 10-year deal struck in 2012. Just ended. Are they going to keep it going? Or are they going to say, let's split this up? Yeah, let's, let's, separate let's, the asset, allow for other yeah, sponsors, don't make it a title-sponsored event. Everything's short form now. The concept of owning the entire halftime is a lot of time. That's so interesting. Who do you think will take the sponsorship? We could make a brand bracket challenge I to determine would, and pick our winners. I would love that. Who would you like to sponsor the halftime show? I'd rather focus on who's going to perform on the halftime show. Okay, well, corporate America is not going to let you get away without having a fucking sponsor attached. So that's true. That's true. <laughs> Someone's got to pay for it. It should really like they should they should uh, brands should be able to sponsor. It's like the injury thirty second moment. No, someone just torn their rotator cuff. Sponsored by Affleck. So Boston. Spo sponsored by Ben Affleck. <laughs> Volunteer benefits and charities. <laughs> How you like them premiums? <laughs> I do really hate that. I hate that too. What are you going to sponsor the porta potties? Part and of the, the experience. It's part of the I experience. Know. You just sort of black it out. Let's NASCAR football you know? and just really go all in. <laughs> GM, not to you know, not to step on your toes, but really step found away. a way to mobilize this campaign we just talked about. You know? Yeah, I thought that was across all their socials. Yeah, that was fascinating. I thought between GM and Frito Lay, how much they leaned into, as you said, Hansel and Gretling, those moments, and making true campaigns, even though they use different creative. They mm. threaded the needle mm. all around this central event. GM, this concept of Dr. Evil taking over GM. I mean, you had C-level 
executives leaning into this. They were pre-promoting, they were post-promoting it. Mm -hmm. They were sharing it on their LinkedIn, which is not a place for humor usually in the executive world. Whoever manages their social channels did a great job. Obviously, they're doing their annual marketing plan. They're breaking it down to the campaign level, and they're thinking about how do we make as much noise, get as much oxygen to these Super Bowl spots, knowing that not everybody's going to watch, but everyone's going to talk about it. And it's going to get shared, and it's going to get turned into a meme, and it's going to snowball. So if we can do something creative outside of the box, we can't just have it be that one moment. And I just love social media has really been the great equalizer. You can see and you can get a window into what executives are up to, what they're presenting, what they're putting out there. It, it breaks down the walls of these major corporate structures. And so now you're seeing people leveraging it in a powerful way. So if you're going to talk about any other brands... There's so many. I know. I really wish we could do a rundown of every single Super Bowl commercial. You know, like those reaction videos that people do now on social media? Like us just going through and giving reactions to each one. That would be fun. There's just not enough time. Okay, what was your favorite other than what we talked about today? Mm, I gotta say that the Coinbase one would have been my favorite in terms of being out there. And getting reaction. That was well done. Bravo. Way to spend $6 million just (laughs) fucking with people. For those that didn't see it, it was straight off of a old DVD screensaver where the screensaver just moves around the screen to save your old plasma TV from spontaneously combusting. And it was just a QR code changing color and dancing around the screen. But what you're all waiting for that whole time is for it to perfectly hit the corner. That's what that's all about. You would watch that logo bounce around waiting for it to hit the corner. And they friggin' did that. Like what it talk about nostalgia that like hits a core memory in people's brain, but that converted And it worked like crazy. It's not even that it worked like crazy. It actually crashed it. Well, that's when you know it's working. (laughs) When you break the internet. What about you? What were some uh, other Super Bowl best hits? Okay. Mike Myers and Jim Carrey and Adam Sandler Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. pretty much raised me. (laughs) So the rehash of The Cable Guy, which I know you loved also, the Verizon ad. Again, I'm like, how did Jim Carrey agree to do an ad? Such a creepy movie. Such a creepy movie. So well done. Hit all of the benefits. The movie or the ad? (laughs) Both. (laughs) Uh, The ad hit all of the benefits uh, in such an interesting way um, for why you would even care about their Mm -hmm. product. Mm -hmm. I think the Bic ad with Snoop and Martha Stewart was also great. And talk about nostalgia. That's such a, their friendship. It's, it's, I love it. It's it's great. You know what I love is heartwarming, but it's weird. Is like the, and there's, this was a meme where it's like, it might've been an actual product. It might've been one of those things where it's an actual product, but I just thought it was a meme Mm. or vice versa. We'll never know. We would just, I know I could Google it, but I will not. And it was Snoop and Martha Stewart using things to, using the Bic lighter to light things. Oh, we could light the grill. Martha Stewart, you could light this candle. And Snoop's like, and we could light other things. Like, come on. But we would be amiss if we didn't talk about avocados from Mexico, right? (laughs) Isn't that? You know what's funny is avocados from Mexico historically has had really unique advertising that you would not really expect from a fruit. Is it technically a fruit? I think so. Avocado, a seed. 
We don't have enough time. We should do we, avocado versus yeah. brand versus brand. I mean, come versus on. give the people what they want. <laughs> Such a good ad, uh, bringing back this old timey um, spin on football games and on the concept of tailgating specifically. Uh, they did kind of make fun of Bill's Mafia smashing tables a little bit. Shout out, mm. which is so funny because it's unexpected. And I think that's what was so fascinating across the board is just the diverse landscape of businesses and brands that choose to invest this amount of money in securing a highly coveted television spot. It's awareness and it's maintaining market share. You're either launching something, something new, you're trying to create a buzz or you're trying to protect what you have. He could go all the way. So if we had to take anything away from today that we'd want to put into our brand playbook, number one, everything's a campaign. Most of us, I think, probably listening know that, right? But at the end of the day, what can we do to take that campaign and make it as multidimensional as possible? How do we build energy? How do we build excitement? Seeing and enjoying and embracing some of the things that GM did with their LinkedIn takeover where they were using chief executives to sort of share and promote and in some cases pretend and embrace this alternative reality with Dr. Evil, that's a beautiful thing. I think second, leverage humor in your marketing. Even as things are looking up, people want an escape and humor is and has always been one of the best storytelling vehicles out there. Next, Showcase simpler times. Nostalgia across the entire Super Bowl ad set was a huge, huge, huge thing as we all embrace a return to normal and ideally a return to those simpler times. And the last thing I would say is purpose-driven ads can score points too. And if we think about younger audiences we've talked about in other shows, that can be a tremendous, tremendous driver. At the end of the day, what we see in the Super Bowl is what works across a broad range of things. And so for any of our larger campaigns with less targeting, we should utilize what we hear on the social commentary of where the world is with the Super Bowl. Rudy. So if you had to take anything away from the episode today. For me, it's that comedy is crawling its way into the world of business. So it may be time to dust off those whoopee cushions and bring them to work. People would love it. And mine is marketing's like fashion. What goes around comes around. Also, sorry, Meta, that ad sucked. And with that, we're out, folks. Thanks so much for listening to the Brand to Brand podcast. Got an idea for an episode? Hit us up at brandtobrand.co.